Our Bible passage is from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 24. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Nice to be with everybody digitally uh, today because of the uh, tropical storm. I hope everyone is safe and uh, can really, uh, we can bend together to worship God uh, in one heart and one mind. I was grateful for Reverend Bushman's uh, message, as uh, Brother Matt mentioned uh, last Sunday, he spoke on Psalm 1. I told Pastor David how nicely uh, it dovetailed with uh, words, um, with our summer Bible studies, words from our summer Bible studies in the Psalms, and our recent devotion time uh, texts therein as well. Uh, let's make our way back to John 14. Uh, today marks the third message on this chapter in the month of August, looking at the theme of uh, comfort as articulated uh, by Jesus to his disciples upon the eve of his departure uh, from the earth. Uh, departure, of course, was a euphemism for his impending death. Uh, Jesus uh, is soon to be arrested, tried, and executed. Um, <clears throat> He will rise uh, from the dead to change the world. And so he speaks on these momentous events a little cryptically, uh, in my opinion, uh, to tell his disciples um, in the final discourse uh, about how um, they could be comforted, how they could hold fast, how they could live through uh, the crisis that was to come. In our first installment of the series, we talked about the comfort of the father's house. Jesus knowing that the story did not end in physical death and separation, but in a eternal reunion uh, in the presence of the Father, in the Father's house. Our last message um, talked about the comfort the disciples could take in knowing that the Father's presence, right, presence uh, through the Son, as it were, um, as well as the Son's ongoing presence in the form of the real power the disciples would yield. Uh, these were encouragements uh, so that they could continue the mission that Jesus had initiated and uh, enabled uh, in them. Uh, today, um, I'm going to try to connect um, the idea of comfort and obedience. Comfort and obedience. Uh, Jesus mentions obedience <clears throat> uh, in verses 15, 21, 23, and 24. There, he, he specifically 
explicitly uses the uh, word obedience and love, right? And he doesn't do this only in chapter 14, but in other parts of the Gospel of John as well. The upshot uh, is that loving and obeying, they go hand in hand uh, in the spiritual life of Jesus and his followers. To love Jesus, right? If we say we love Jesus, then there must be obedience, obedience to him. And obedience, right, is evidence of, you know, our love for him. So lacking love, we don't truly obey. Failing to obey means that we do not really uh, love him. I want to extend it, though. Uh, how do we relate obedience to comfort? Right? In what ways does obeying Jesus bring us into uh, experiences and the blessedness of comfort, comfort from, from God? Um, can we de derive comfort from obeying Jesus' commands? If so, how? So uh, my title capitalizes on the familiar term comfort zone. Um, and comfort zone refers to a place or a situation where one feels at ease and, and without stress. Uh, we all have a comfort zone or area which we tend to inhabit or sometimes hide, right? We hide in the comfort zone, within the comfort zone. Uh, and we tend to talk about getting out or climbing out of our comfort zones in order to experience new things and how difficult right, that is, how difficult that can be. Again, one of the maddening things about the pandemic is that the rampant uncertainty has taken all of us out of our comfort zones. Even the things that uh, are typically no-brainers in the past, like sending our kids to school come every September is now a big deal, right? rife with anxiety and discomfort. So I'm gonna to attempt to tie together obedience to Christ and the genuine comfort that that can engender or bring. Uh, using the motif of comfort zone, I'd like to organize the rest of the sermon to examine how obedience helps to rework, uh, even redefine what our sense of comfort, uh, what our sense of, from where our sense of comfort zone uh, derives. So here's my little uh, thing here. And I use it because it's like a comfort zone, an area I talked about. I want to start talking about stepping up, right? So we're, we're in our comfort. Imagine yourself within your comfort zone. And uh, even while we're in it, I'm going to uh, try to, say to us, we still have to step up. We still have to, within it, still be responsible, be faithful. But then uh, part two, I want to step out, right? And that's typically how we use it. Leave the comfort zone, get out of it, uh, stretch yourself to, to have the courage or the, or the, the, the zeal, the effort, uh, the trust to step out of the comfort zone. And then the third uh, part would be about kind of stepping deeper, more deeply. Uh, so it, it's still, I'm going to, I want to say that it's, it's definitely comfort, but it doesn't look like it until we experience it, unless we actually uh, engage in stepping deep, of course, into, into, into Christ, into the spirit. Um, so let's dive in at level one, stepping up. Obedience, as uh, we've talked about num numerous times, 
Uh, it takes many forms in the Christian life. Uh, some are genuine expressions of devotion to God. At other moments, we engage in what I uh, would call a mindless obedience. A mindless obedience. Right? We set a list of do's and don'ts, and, uh, and we mechanically or rigidly follow them. Uh, to me, this is a disobedience, actually, of sorts, often deployed to avoid thinking, avoid, avoid caring about what actually uh, needs to be done, right? And so I think we try, we try to spare ourselves or, or, or uh, free ourselves from the challenges of intentionally and seriously living the Christian life. Um, in our world, there's so many demands, there's so many duties, right? And, and so it's easy to kind of try to simplify, uh, try to check out, um, maybe leave our brains at the door, robotically do something, uh, especially in the Christian life, so with a view towards maybe uh, minimal errors, minimal effort, kind of avoiding the complications. We don't want to get blamed. Uh, we don't want to have to take on too much. So we just do what we're told. And, and that's the, it's it, within our comfort zone, right? But it's kind of a, a static, kind of a, a frozen, if you will. We just go through the motions of obedience and from that, I'm saying we have to rise up, we have to step up, we have to do more than just blind obedience. Um, just a, a domestic example in our home, like, uh, you know, I think both Mona and I enjoy like taking on projects either related to the, to the house or, you know, sometimes when uh, we're like Mona's, a, I think, a fabulous cook, and sometimes she's preparing a meal for people or, or you, know, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we kind of have like, a, uh, it's just like a, a fun, it's kind of like um, we make plans, you know, what to buy, wh how, where to store them, because, you know, storage is the biggest issue in, in, in New York City. And then like tackling it, I'm, I try to sous chef where I can, and, and she's, you know, got a lot going on and stuff. And in my mind, I'm trying to like learn how to be a better helper and kind of anticipate what um, kind of things are going to be to, you know, I have this like uh, kind of uh, obsession with efficiency, right? Sorry. And stuff. So I kind of, you know, um, ask her a lot of questions like, why are we doing this? And should I do that? And, you know, that kind of stuff. And more recently, she's getting, I think, annoyed because I've just been peppering with unnecessary questions, I admit it, and stuff like that. So uh, recently, she told me to stop asking questions, just do what I tell you to do. <laughs> and I did, and things worked a lot better. And, and you know, we were more, more, actually more efficient and stuff. But I think uh, the, the rascal in me sometimes, like, uh, uses that kind of as an excuse to like just be mechanical in my participation. Like, if she doesn't tell me to do it, I won't do it. Right? Because last time I last time I asked questions, she told me not to ask questions. You know, I start kind of you know trying to withdraw any sort of responsibility or or effort because you know I'm I'm lazy or I don't want to be told not to ask questions. Um, in that sense, um, our comfort zone, right, is, is, is more like, a, like a, a form of zoning out. We, we, it's familiar, it's, it's easy, it's, it's mindless, 
right? We don't have to expend energy or brain cells to try to figure this out. We don't risk anything. We always can point to compliance. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing what you said. But love is not at the heart. It's not what it's not the motivator. Uh, probably a, a type of apathy and uh, selfish avoidance. In the Christian life, um, I think, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this. Maybe you are too, where we go through the motions. We don't want to make big mistakes and our hearts are, are set on other things. And so we just toe the line, right? We just do what is uh, kind of more obviously uh, told us. The letter of the law, for example, as opposed to really the heart or the spirit uh, of the law. But this leads us, I think, to kind of view or interact with the word of God in a way that God never intended, right? To, to, to make it more about uh, duty and strict adherence as opposed to really seeing the reason why. And it backfires, right? The more we do that with God's word, with the Christian life, you know, the seed of like, I don't know, distaste or maybe even resentment, begrudging this bitterness, that can take root. And if you're doing this, like, like for example, in, in, in corporate expression or in church, you're doing this because, you know, you promised to do it or it's your duty to do it. And you, you do it, but there's no joy. There's no love. There's no like, you know, a deep sense of purpose. It's just, you know, you just keep at it. And, and, and I see this in the working world, right? Sometimes we treat our professions and, uh, you know, it's just a way to make money. And you don't really, our heart's not into it. It's not a vocation. It's just an occupation, right? Uh, familial life, right? I tried to give a, I thought, a humorous example about how me and Mona attack cooking projects. But I think it's most dangerous in the Christian walk. And there may be any number of reasons that we do this. Uh, Christian life is complicated, or maybe we uh, were excited at one time and we got slapped down, we, we got corrected, um, we got you know, challenged. And so we, we, we resort to or re resign ourselves uh, to just you know, making sure that we don't get into trouble. We just take care of business but again there's not that 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 devotion that passion right that desire um and joy so verse 21 jesus says whoever has my commands and obeys them <clears throat> excuse me he is the one who loves me he who loves me will be loved by my father and i too will love him and show myself uh, to them this is much more than just kind of like <clears throat> do what i tell you to do right you better do it or else. It, it's, it, it, to me, there's an implied thoughtfulness, uh, reflection, uh, uh, evaluation. You kind you of want to uh, serve the Lord. We might not be good at it, but still, right? It's motivated by uh, um, our desire to please God and not because I have to do it, right? Obligation. Um, you know, to, to go to, to obey God against your desires, I think that defeats the purpose, right? And sometimes, you know, we've talked about it a lot in the past messages, but compulsion, uh, reluctance, it's really 
robs us of, I think, the ultimate mm, assistance or, or blessing that uh, comes uh, from obedience. And I know sometimes working through a Christian life and trying to figure out what God's really saying, it can be tiring, taxing uh, at times. And today's world where it's really hard to figure out what is right, what is wrong, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. It's easy to kind of slough off our responsibilities and just go through, just, just do what we're told. But I think um, we have to step up. Uh, within our comfort zones, let's not just seemingly obey. And there's no real, in that way, there's no real spiritual growth. There's no dynamism. Engage the commands of God. See the purposive um, design and you put our love into it uh, beyond our obedience. Okay, this segues us to the second way that I think I want to say obedience and comfort zone can interrelate. We should just we should not just step up into obedience, but um, we should step out. We should step out of our comfort zones when God uh, is calling us uh, there too. I think that's a typical way that obedience to God uh, seems to be considered or it can impact our comfort zone is that we're challenged to step out of it, out of what we're good at, out of what we know, out of what is familiar, out of what is safe, what is secure. You know, obedience to God can be a difficult thing, right? and adherence to it, uh, it may require that we step out of our comfort zones. And I appreciate Young's uh, leading us in praise today, got blessed, but that, that, one, um, that one song, uh, especially about Peter you know, walking on the water, right? coming out from the boat into the waves and uh, seeing Jesus there, Peter asks, Lord, if it's really you, let me come to you. Right? That, you know, in, in and of itself, right, is ser sermonic material about the um, uh, stepping out in faith, stepping out of our, our comfort zone. And I, I, there's a lot of like, a, you know, a different kind of, uh, details that kind of lend itself to this kind of consideration. Like to me, the initiative that Peter shows, right? Like even like suggesting or asking Jesus, you know, can I come to you or let me come to you, right? That's kind of, uh, you know, a step of faith. Like a lot of us would never even imagine that, never even uh, contemplate, you know, uh, praying or asking or seeking, uh, to get out of the boat, but, you know, Peter does. But I guess we could argue that that's who Peter is, so that's his comfort zone. He's always comfortable, like, asking Jesus and trying to, you know, stand out, look unique, look special, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's on the water, and that almost by definition is, is you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping on, you know, um, non-solid water, liquid, right? And, and actually walking, it says that Peter actually was able to take a few steps, Right. And Jesus says, you know, come to me. And he's beckoning Peter out of the comfort zone, step out of the boat into uh, the water. Right. But Peter didn't go further enough. He didn't step out as far as he needed to. Right. Because he looked at the wind and the waves and he saw that, man, I'm experiencing 
something um, a miracle and you know it was not it didn't compute it didn't he couldn't sustain it and he started to sink because he you know thought about he took his eyes off jesus in other words so that was a real kind of stepping out that jesus wanted like keep your eyes on me stay focused look here come to me yeah, that was what uh you know peter uh that was the comfort zone that he was he was not yet he was not able to to um, venture as far as let's say the lord wanted him uh, to come yeah so maybe that as a kind of a biblical uh, story that can uh, you know, we can think about that as we uh, consider what it means to step out of our comfort zone um, you know why does god stretch us in this way why do our comfort zone boundaries need realignment so to speak um i want to try to explain it uh, or look at it as an expression of our commitment to christ that when we step out of the comfort zone if we're doing it for the right reasons because we want to please the lord or we want to glorify him we want to love him that that is you know why god says uh, he makes this connection if you love me you will uh, obey me i think by um you know, it's it's kind of in the nature of, of what the commandment means. Why does God command us to do anything? Is it really because he wants something accomplished? Like, is there a task or is there an outcome that he needs us to serve as agents? If we don't do it, it doesn't get done, in other words. And so God is thinking about the result, right? He wants something done. And I th think, you know, you would quick thought on that would we would realize no you know god can he can accomplish anything you know on his own he can use others he can you know he, he's got um, uh, omnipotence so he doesn't need us so it's not the actual accomplishment of the task that you know uh, motivates the lord right that's not why he's happy wow you know you know so and so you know daniel did this so i'm glad it got done and that's why i'm pleased no there's something about the nature of the command that is so personal, I think. And I know commands are general and sometimes they're blanket, sometimes they're you know broad, but they're designed, right, in my mind, uh, as God's expression of love for us. In other words, the purpose of commands is not necessarily to get something done. It's not necessarily to even change us, right? the the long term the, the 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 or the fundamental purpose of a commandment is that it's god's way of loving us right he's kind of built that in into kind of the infrastructure the way the world works um the laws whether they be physical laws or spiritual laws right so for example i always talk about this but the ten commandments they're not killjoys they're not meant to they're not designed to like you know, put heavy burdens on us and tie us down. No, they're meant to protect us, right? Like, again, do not commit adultery. You know, that, that's not uh, some God's way to kind of constrain, you know, human beings. No, it's because he knows that adultery breaks people. It breaks families. It destroys us. And so in a loving gesture, he says, don't do this. He prohibits or enjoins uh, this activity, right? this action. But, you know, we kind of, you know, uh, distort that and say, I want 
whatever, and God is standing in the way. And so when we obey, it's not done with that kind of mindset. To really uh, obey God, right, is to, I think, uh, discern or, 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 or kind of um, head towards that, like, uh, you know, aim at that loving experience that, you know, I'm doing this because, you know, it pleases God. And the reason that it pleases God is because it helps us, right? So to not only um, see maybe the surface, more surface reasons uh, for uh, compliance, for uh, um, following uh, what, what the Lord gives us, but to see the heart behind it, right? So uh, once we do that, I think um, we can really, it changes the nature of love and obedience. In fact, it draws us closer to God. It, we can get comforted by the fact that he did this. He gave us these commands out of love. And I'm doing this because by doing this, I get loved by God more. Does that make sense? God uh, is able to, you know, God is love by nature. And so he's able to um, flood or shower or uh, bestow more love upon me than if I uh, rebuffed the command or I rejected uh, what he uh, wanted us uh, to do. Right. And I think the reason that the commands are so challenging is often is because um, it's to help us um, test or, or uh, be able to uh, kind of prove or, or um, demonstrate that um, we are doing this uh, because uh, we love God, right? Uh, I feel like comfort zone, going back to that, that concept, if you do things kind of naturally, right? Or that you like to do it, you know how to do it, or you'd be doing it anyways. To me, that, that kind of, uh, you, you never really know if you're doing something because you would be doing it anyway or because you're motivated by love, right? To obey God, to step out of something that you're used to or you're comfortable with, that takes, I think it should take a conscious decision to say, well, I'm going to do this because, you know, I want to, I want God to, I want God to um, be glorified. I want God to uh, know that I love him. In other words, um, to, uh, to do something because, you know, um, we, you know, without having that, that additional step, that additional um, kind of reason, right? I, I'm not sure that, you know, we would be able to cultivate our love relationship with God uh, as well, right? Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So, 
when um, we are doing something beyond our you know, normal routine or beyond what we're comfortable with, right? We're doing, it, it causes us to kind of demonstrate to ourselves even, to God, of course, that uh, we want to have this love relationship with him. And, and we see this a lot, right? We see it in human relationships too, right? In the family, for example, right? When you do something, not because you want to do it or that you're, you're good at it or you're comfortable with it, because you want your, your child or spouse or your cousin or your friend or your coworker, you want them to see that it's, you're motivated by concern for them, for the beloved, right? First Corinthians 13, it's all about doing something for another person, even though it's hard for you, right? Even if though it causes sacrifice and, you know, we understand the, the, the epitome of divine love in Jesus's, you know, sacrificial death uh, for us. Right? So when we are able to do something hard, step out of our comfort zone, I'm using those uh, ideas synonymously, then uh, it allows us, right? That obedience to God allows us to, draw closer to him it allows us to experience right the comfort of his pleasure of his presence of his uh, of his love uh, just a quick example i should maybe said this years ago but you know my dad uh he was not a very expressive father in terms of like emotional love i, I knew that he loved me certainly right in, in terms of you know his loyalty and his strength and it's you know especially in like providing and working right that that's kind of how maybe a lot of our dads uh, express their love for us they uh, worked themselves so hard to take care of us and uh, to provide for us right so it you know i certainly knew that as an expression of his love but i didn't like emotionally feel it right for a long time and then I, I thought about, well, does my dad love me, right? Um, and, and I looked back and I saw that, like, he used to teach me a lot, like, whether it's kind of how to do something. Um, like, I remember learning from him how to change the oil in my car or to fix something in the house. Uh, and, like, or, like, learning about, um, like, you know, he would teach me various subjects, um, you know, academic subjects, what he knew and stuff. And, but, but but then I was thinking that my dad would do that probably to, to anybody, right? He was always kind of a teacher, right? I think that was uh, like a profession that he could have really thrived in if he was like, I think he was pursuing that before he changed uh, directions. You know what I really felt like, oh man, my dad is really does love me. <laughs> and it, it shows my immaturity, but in high school, right? I, I, I wanted to play on a certain sports team and um, it was dangerous. It was football. So, you know, my parents were kind of reluctant to allow me to do it. But, you know, my dad was being a little bit, well, maybe you should, you know, or at least practice, try it out uh, and that kind of stuff. And um, so I was was doing that in the summer, getting ready for the season. And they required they they had like a booster club. Right. So they told the, the players, you please tell your parents to come to so and so. Uh, event and to be part of the boosters and to raise money and stuff like that. So I cajoled my dad into going, right? He didn't, he was busy. He didn't really want to go, but he went, right? And he went and, you know, he, he came back and I go, how was it? And he goes, I was the only guy there. <laughs> he says there was like, you know, 50 
mothers and, and stuff and he was the only guy there but you know he stuck around for the whole time whatever he he did what he could he helped out stuff like that so i understood that to be a real stepping out of his comfort zone and you know, it, that really helped me it really demonstrated that kind of uh, of love um you know, very specific uh, you know it was a small aspect but to kind of remember that personally really helpful okay let me finish with the third and final segment uh, of what happens when we uh, obey to the point of uh, going beyond our comfort zone, um, really beyond, not just stepping out, but what I'm referring to as stepping deeper or stepping more into where God ultimately wants us. Right? What happens when we go out on a, let's say, an extreme limb of faith or when obedience leads us into distress or, or danger or major discomfort? You know, what happens to our faith? Does it crumble? Does it collapse? Do we run back into the safety of our safe spaces? Or maybe, just maybe, uh, do we really experience God in a new way? Right? Uh, does, do we seek God uh, because we're desperate? Because without him, right, everything um, will fall apart. Right? It's those kinds of like stark situations, I feel, that um, goes a long way right, into experiencing God's presence uh, in his uh, comfort, right? Now, obedience right, at, at times is never easy, but certain kinds of obedience, uh, it really brings us to the brink of, I don't know, giving up or um, despair, but it's in that kind of crucible uh, where when we cry out and when we depend and when we experience God, I think that's where true comfort can be received. And sometimes it's beyond our choosing, right? The death of a loved one or uh, a certain very uh, difficult personal situation, right? Um, that can uh, trigger this kind of, and, and maybe we don't welcome it, but when we face it and we, go through it and we find God in a, in a new way, in a special way, in a deeper way, um, I think that is uh, just um, a powerful way right, to um, benefit from um, the, the comforting presence of not only, you know, Jesus or the Father, but as the passage introduces uh, another counselor, right? Um, and that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll do more on that in, in future passages, but in John 14, but it's kind of a very interesting um, term that's used, right? The, uh, in, in our version, NIV 84, it's translated counselor. The, the Greek word, the original word is paraclete. You might've heard that, paraclete. Uh, other translations render it um, helper or advocate or comforter. Right? So uh, when Jesus says, I'm going to go to you know, prepare the house for you, but I'm going to send you uh, another paraclete. Right? And, and, and I think literally it means someone who's called to or called beside another to provide aid. So, the, the role, one of the major roles of the Holy Spirit 
is to be our call to help us to provide strength, to provide direction, to provide comfort, to provide guidance um, in our infirmities and in our uh, time of need. And when does that particularly manifest? I say that's when we are in you know, deep waters, when, when we're struggling with something that we don't know anything about, when it's really tough and we have stepped out in obedience that sometimes feels, feels very bewildering, disorienting. And uh, maybe when we feel God is far away from us, that is when he's actually the closest to us, right? That's when the Holy Spirit can uh, really, uh, really work. Uh, it's kind of like the Beatitudes, the one, one that says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We don't want to find ourselves in situations of sorrow and, and mournfulness, right? But once, if if when we're in that, when we really reach out to God, you know, the the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, can show up uh, big time. And that's what you know Jesus, I think, trying to impress upon the disciples. Right? You guys are gonna go through the worst thing, right? Jesus himself, right? goes to hell and back, but the disciples are going to suffer themselves alongside big time. And yet, he does not shy away from it. He does not um, give them a way out. He says, this can help you. There is the work of, of God in it. And it's when we cry out and depend on the Holy Spirit that that's going to be, be um, manifested. I think, you know, when I think about examples, I always kind of look to our Bangkok mission, um, the, the, the chapel and then the efforts there, you know, I think, you know, the Pyons as missionaries have really shown us what it means to step deep, step out certainly, but step even deeper into uh, depending on God, right? uh, taking their whole family out there. Um, going, learning a new language, going through what, what they're going through, trying to share the gospel, right? uh, living day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment in a, in a, far, off, in a far off land, you know, entrusting themselves and the work of the Holy Spirit and seeing God you know, show up again and again and again for them. I think for our church, this is also a deeper going out of our comfort zones. How can a, a small church um, financially support, spiritually support, personnel support, you know, this kind of mission field? Uh, it's really brings us to our needs. We need the paraclete. On a personal level, um, these days I've been uh, more recently thinking about how comfort zones sometimes are not, progressive like i think typically we think like or stepping out of the comfort zones is not like always this kind of like adventure like bangkok's like an adventure it's hard but like we see like hey we're you know moving out i've been kind of working through processing for myself this kind of sense of stepping out might mean going back circling back uh, maybe feeling like hey i need to not always think of new frontiers but 
you know, uh, go back to uh, areas that uh, of need for myself or for the church. And that's uncomfortable, right? It feels like I'm, I'm like, like treading water, if you know what I mean. But I've been trying to, you know, look to God, trying to, you know, delve into um, his purpose. Um, I've been really, you know, asking God, uh, there's been a lot of personal prayers and, and crying out and, you know, really asking the Holy Spirit for the, for this kind of comfort and counseling that uh, he can provide. So um, I just want to end, you know, with uh, that kind of um, encouragement, you know, that obedience, right, which is always um, a, a, a tricky, sticky, uh, hard thing in the Christian life. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, real secrets. There's real um, blessings. There's there's benefit uh, to trying to uh, you know wrestle with it and experience, uh, especially uh, comfort. Uh, why don't we pray, Heavenly Father? Um, as uh, we try to occupy the the upper room where Jesus was trying to help his disciples weather the hurricane ahead. Um, we want to apply these blessings, these truths to us. And Lord, um, comfort zones are natural things, maybe necessary things. And yet, sometimes they hinder us from experiencing you. So help us to step up, help us to step out, help us to step deeper into uh, where you are. Um, the spirit of truth, please enlighten us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.